Welcome to the Wild Soulcast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to episode 14 of the Wild Soul Cast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and this week we are going to be talking about the myth of fearlessness. I wanted to talk about this topic today because one of the things that I often address with my clients is the emotion of fear. Because fear is probably one of the most common emotions that we can have as human beings, and it shows up in all different parts of our leadership and definitely within our business and within our personal life. Most of us feel fear when we're trying something new, when we're making big changes in our life, or, you know, when we're noticing that something isn't necessarily congruent for us, but our ego is really scared to take the next step or to make the shift that's being asked of us. So fear is very present, um, definitely in the entrepreneurial journey, but also just in our life journey on so many levels. One of the things that I often see in the personal development world is kind of this anthem of being fearless or of fearlessness. I really want to dive into that today in more detail to talk about what that means and why I don't believe that it's the best approach to us learning how to deal with our fear. When someone tells me that they are fearless, what I really hear is that they are trying to swipe their fear under the rug, ignore the fear that they are experiencing and push forward into whatever project, into whatever action step they feel like they need to push into. And, you know, on one level, yes, I do believe that it is important for us to take action steps despite our fear. And I don't think that sheer willpower will actually help you shift the deeper underlying patterns that are keeping you living from fear. So when someone preaches fearlessness or they say that they are fearless, what I hear is them dismissing a part of themselves that really needs to be seen and heard and accepted and embraced in order for them to stop living in fear in order for them to stop succumbing to fear all the time and in order for them to actually realize when fear is popping up because so much of this is unconscious and when we are not identifying and learning how to walk with our fear there are so many decisions in our life that start to get made from fear without us even consciously recognizing it and so fearlessness does not actually exist Like there is at no point in our life, no matter how many times do we step into fear, do we become completely fearless? 
because fear is something that is wired into our human self. It is part of the human condition. And recognizing our fear, understanding our fear, and learning how to walk with our fear actually helps to connect us to ourselves more. Fear has a very important function in our human system. And evolutionarily, um, it had to be there in order to help us survive. So fear in and of itself is a protective mechanism that's there for a reason. And at the same time, because humans have evolved so much over the past several centuries, right? We're not out there every day in a situation where it's life or death, right? We don't have a saber-toothed tiger that's hiding behind a rock and, you know, chasing us, which was the case for, you know, early humans. So there is a place to really talk about the fear system within us often prevents us from getting outside of our comfort zone and taking action steps that are aligned for us. And the more that we push our fears aside and the more that we negate that what we're feeling is fear, the less we're going to be aware that we're acting from a place of fear and the more willpower it is going to take in order for us to do the things that we know feel good to us. And willpower only lasts so long. It's kind of like when you think about, you know, working out. It's, you know, it's coming up January, all of the goals that people have, the New Year's resolutions, and probably 80 to 90% of people have some kind of exercise, nutrition, shift, change that they want to make in their life. And they're using primarily willpower to get themselves to the gym or to get themselves to eat better. And what happens about, you know, six weeks into the year most people have disappeared from the gym. There's no one there. And most people have fallen off of their, you know, nutrition goals. And the reason for that is, is because we're not approaching things from a lifestyle perspective, from a pattern perspective, from making deeper changes in our everyday lived experience. And so to me, this is kind of where fear, fearlessness that concept comes from is that we're using sheer willpower in order to push through something instead of allowing ourselves to truly be with our with our hearts, to be with our experience, and to acknowledge what's there and to really walk with that part of ourselves and work from that place. Not to push ourselves, not to, you know, willpower ourselves into doing what we know is right for us, but to really allow ourselves to work with the fear, come to a place of compromise with the fear, and then move forward in a way that feels aligned for all parts of you. Practicing fearlessness is a short-term solution to a deeper pattern within you. Practicing embracing your fear and really interacting with your fear, understanding it is a long-term solution and way of reprogramming how you are being with your fear on an everyday basis. And that is what I am interested in. I am interested in long-term sustainable change, not band-aids that only help push you through a certain stage in your journey. And so when you are looking at really addressing fear and looking at the places in your life where you're 
you know, procrastinating or, you know, being frozen because of fear. For me, it's really about sitting with it, understanding why it's there, and also acknowledging that there's a lot of legitimacy to why fear is popping up in this moment for you. In this culture and in the personal development world, I see so many people vilifying fear and making it the quote-unquote bad emotion or the bad thing that keeps me stuck. And yes, fear can be something that is an obstacle for people that's keeping them from taking action in the direction that feels in alignment for them. And it's not bad. It's not evil. It's just an emotion that we have. It's a natural emotion that every human has. And the more that we can actually claim back our ability to just validate ourselves and to validate our experiences, the more powerful we become. We become more embodied in our truth. Because when we invalidate how we feel, no matter whether it's quote unquote rational or not, it's a way of us pushing ourselves away from us, right? And so I really stay away from terming emotions as bad or good. They're just emotions and they're there for a reason. They're actually there to help you in order to, for you to know your path in order for you to dive deeper into yourself and learn more about yourself. And they can truly help you transcend into a different space. If you allow yourself to embrace them instead of reject them, if you allow yourself to validate them instead of invalidate them, and if you stand up for your emotions, right? And if you are able to just be vulnerable and say, yeah, I'm afraid of this. And this is why I'm afraid. This is what's going on within me. And just because I'm afraid, that doesn't mean that I can't take action, right? But it's about me understanding what the fear is truly about at its roots. The more of yourself that you claim and validate, the more power you have to control the outcome of that emotion. I see so many people rejecting their emotions and then not knowing what emotion is showing up because what is in the long term being done by us pushing aside our emotions and not sitting with them is that we stop practicing knowing what's truly happening inside of us. And when we do that, we're actually reinforcing more divide and disconnection from within ourselves. And that never really leads you anywhere good because then we start to live more from the shoulds and from other people's blueprints rather than tuning into what our own individual blueprint is, what our own individual journey and path is. So be proud of your fear. Be proud that you have this protection mechanism inside of you that is trying to keep you safe right? And it might not be doing it in very constructive ways all the time. And it might be an outdated system that you have to consciously continue to update on a regular basis. However, it is still protecting you. It is still keeping you safe. And that is a beautiful thing. And that is a necessary thing 
because being a human in this world can be hard and there are different things that, you know, our heart does need to be protected from. The other piece of this is that even though fear can certainly be an obstacle to you making the changes that you know are right for you, going in the direction that you know is meant for you. The other thing that fear does, even if we're not in life-threatening situations, is that sometimes it does really tune you into something that is not safe for you. And sometimes we call it a gut feeling, right? Um, But our gut feelings are often right, and it can be related to a person, a situation, a place. It can be related to our physical or emotional safety. It can really be a helpful informant to us because not everything is meant for us, and sometimes our thinking mind wants to do things that it thinks we should do, quote-unquote should do, while your gut and your fear are sometimes communicating very clearly to you, like, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. I don't feel safe. And then it's a really good idea to listen to that feeling. And if you're always in the place of pushing past your fear without practicing sitting with it and understanding where it's coming from, then oftentimes you're actually pushing past your own intuition and heading into situations that maybe aren't safe for you or that just aren't going to feel good on some level, right? And so that is very real and that is really important. Um, Fear and intuition do have a relationship to one another. Um, And so, you know, fear isn't definitely always aligned with our intuition because as we said, it's sometimes an obstacle that comes from our mind. And there's something deeper there oftentimes that needs to be heard and understood that is probably very valid for you that is connected with your intuitive sense. So then the question becomes, how do we learn to distinguish between different types of fear? And how do we start to pick apart what fear is warranted or connected with our intuition and what fear is you know, not connected with our intuition and is more a function of our ego that's trying to keep us safe in a way that isn't actually going to be productive for you for the long run. Because this is all about not being fearless, but it's about being able to distinguish between what kind of fear is showing up in your space and why. So I want to talk about fear from a couple of different levels, because I do think that there are different levels of fear. And so it's important for us to take into consideration the nuances that are there, and also to just make note of the very real ways that fear impacts our body and our whole nervous system, and why it's actually super hard for people to make choices and take action when they feel fear. On the evolutionary level, like we talked about just a few minutes ago, our bodies are wired to respond to fear in three different ways, the flight, fight, or freeze response. And so that's really important to know because many times, even when it's not a life or death situation, literally for us, our bodies and minds still respond in that way, in a fight, flight, or freeze response. 
So on an evolutionary basis, we've been wired to fight, flight, or freeze when we feel fear because then we know that we're in some kind of life-threatening danger, and that's what helps us survive. And pretty much in every animal in the animal kingdom has this response. Some animals fight, some animals freeze, and some animals flee, right? So we are the same way, and each human being is different in how they respond to fear. So that's really important to note that there is no right way, quote unquote, to respond to fear. There's just the way that you respond to it. So people either tend to have more of a fight response or a freeze or a flight running away response, right? So there's no right or wrong about it. It's just how you are wired. The body is so important when we talk about fear because our nervous system is wired to respond to it. And so there's a very involuntary, unconscious piece that is playing out in your body that your conscious mind has no control over. So this is where the deeper work comes in, right? We're acknowledging the underlying layers, the underlying patterns in the unconscious realm of how this fear is playing out and from what place, and then doing the work of spending time with fear, dialoguing with it, and shifting the patterning to something different. When you're doing something very automatically, there is no way for you to start changing an automatic pattern unless you become very intimate with your fear, unless you become intimate with a pattern and dive into the unconscious realm to discover what it's there to teach you, right? What it's there to protect you from. And then you can make the decision on whether what it's trying to protect you from makes sense for you and whether it's serving you or not. And then you can make a choice. Then you can take the power back then you can be in the driver's seat instead of the fear being in the driver's seat. People also typically have a fear response when something in their current reality is mimicking or creating a situation that seems to represent something that happened to them in the past. So it might not be very conscious for you, but There are triggers for people that happen all the time that we're not consciously aware of that trigger that fear response in the body. And then we start to really act from this automatic way, from our automatic programming. And again, this comes from past situations in our life. So it could be in our childhood. It could be, you know, when we were a teenager, early adulthood, whatever, and You know, those reactions have a very real origin. And usually the reason why the fear is showing up is because you needed protection in that moment. And you needed a part of you to come into the picture and tell you this is not right. This is not safe. I need to turn away from this, right? The more you understand your fear and where it comes from, the more you're going to be able to give yourself self-compassion, which I think is always a great thing for every human to practice because we struggle with it so much, 
You're going to be able to give yourself self-compassion and also have a deeper understanding of why it's showing up in the present moment. When you have awareness of what's playing out in the present, it actually gives you more ability to choose something different. So that's what actually helps you walk with the fear. It's not about pushing through. It's just about acknowledging your history, acknowledging some of the shadow parts that might be rising to the surface, giving yourself the understanding and compassion that you deserve. And then from a very embodied, rooted, grounded place, be able to say, yeah, I understand And I can choose something different because this situation is different because I'm different because now I'm an adult and I get to feel safe in this moment because I have control, right? That is what makes people feel like they are in their power. It's not about pushing through and using your willpower It's about understanding, giving yourself compassion, and then making a conscious choice to do something different. That is true embodied power, not forceful power. I also want to speak to the fact that fear is so different for all of us, and fear has a lot of layers to it that are based off of you know, not just our individual experiences, but also in who we are and how we walk in the world and how people perceive us. So there are very real social and cultural elements to how someone experiences fear based on how they are walking through the world, based on their identity in the world. So your experience of fear as a woman is going to be different than your experience of fear as a man. Your experience of fear as a person of color is going to be different than a white person's experience of fear in the world. Same goes for anyone who identifies along the LGBTQ spectrum. That fear is going to be different than someone who is identified as heterosexual and cisgender, right? So it's really important for us to acknowledge the social and cultural context that we live in and how that really informs our experience of fear and how often and where it shows up, right? That's also an important part of reclamation because it's not just about recognizing the individual stories and the individual impacts on our level of feeling safe, but it's also about recognizing the social and cultural stories and experiences, very real experiences that people have had that have impacted their level of safety. So the things that we sometimes term as irrational fear actually have root in some very real things that happen in the world, depending on your identity and how you are perceived. And so that's a huge part of reclaiming yourself and learning how to find safety within your body in a very, well, safe way, right? Because depending on how much privilege you hold, there might be situations where the fear doesn't feel warranted, whereas perhaps the identity that you hold in this world, there is very real reason why you should be afraid in certain places with certain people, right? I mentioned this for a lot of reasons, but mainly because 
when we preach fearlessness, we are actually sometimes just generalizing it to everyone as if everyone is coming from the same place and that everyone lives in a world where, you know, we hold certain privileges and that's just not true. It's important to validate that how we find safety within ourselves is really going to shift depending on who we are, depending on, you know, who we physically are in the world, what we look like to other people. So then how do we overcome fear when it feels appropriate, when it feels like it is really an obstacle for us? How do we start to take steps in that direction? And I've definitely spoken to one way, which is becoming intimate with your fear, learning more about your fear, coming to fear with the energy of curiosity instead of avoidance and rejection. That's huge. How can I be curious about my fear right now? If I were curious about my fear, what would I ask fear? Right? Because that's the best place we can start the conversation. That's the best place that we can really go into deeper awareness and relationship with fear. The second piece is, how do I create safety for myself in this space? And that question comes after you've determined whether the fear is something that's coming from the ego or whether the fear is something that's coming from your deeper instinct and knowing, right? And if it's coming from the ego, then it's all about building a safety net for yourself and really building trust within yourself. Ultimately, when there is ego-based fear happening, either unconsciously or consciously, there's essentially some type of lack of trust within ourselves that we are being asked to look at closely, right? And we all have trust issues. Like this is not something you ever arrive at a perfect level of trust within yourself. However, you do get to a point where you are very connected with your intuition and you know the difference between your intuition and your ego. And you start to just have a more natural and quick response to taking action based on intuition versus getting stuck in the ego messages. And so really it's about building the safety net around you, underneath you, and building the trust that when you take this action step, knowing that, you know, nothing bad is going to happen, right? If it's like a situation like, oh, you know, I'm going to post on Instagram and I'm afraid of, you know, people judging me or, you know, telling me that my ideas are stupid, right? To be able to build that you know, deep sense of inner trust that it's going to be okay. And I know that my ideas are good and valid and that they're worth being shared, right? So building kind of that inner trust, inner confidence, inner power is what helps you speak your truth, is what helps you take the big leaps and the big steps that really take you out of your fear and into you truly acting from a space of embodied wisdom that comes from your wild soul. And that's really what, 
you know, we're here to do is to help remove the obstacles, help peel away the layers that keep us from making decisions and acting from the space of embodiment that's truly informed from that soul center. And so how is trust built? How is this safety built? It's built over time and it's really built through consistent action and through consistently stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone in a way that still feels reasonably safe to you. So I want to explain that a little bit more because it's a little bit confusing. For instance, if I'm in a place where perhaps I've been ignoring my fear, ignoring my emotions, I'm feeling pretty disconnected from my intuition or trusting my intuition, then it's going to be a lot harder for me to, let's say, quit my job and take a leap of faith on my entrepreneurship journey if I haven't been doing the work of acknowledging you know, the emotions that are inside of me you know, following my intuition in smaller ways in my life, right? Because there's no prior relationship there to build on. So it's kind of going from, you know, meeting someone into marriage right off the bat without building the relationship in between and getting to know somebody. So the same is true of, you know, how do we overcome fear and step into deeper trust and safety within ourselves It really starts with small steps if you're just beginning the journey. I say that because sometimes there's an expectation from ourselves or from others that we should take these huge leaps of, you know, trust and faith in ourselves. And while absolutely, let's try to do that more and more, if we're starting from a certain place, that's going to feel impossible. And what that's going to evoke is more of a freeze, fight, or flight response, and that's going to immobilize you, right? That's not going to be helpful to you. If you're starting from a place where, you know, you're tapped into your intuition, you listen to your intuition on some level pretty regularly, um, and there is some developed trust there, you might be able to take big leaps more quickly. And the goal is for all of us to get to that place where, you know, we are practicing trust and safety within ourselves regularly so that when the time comes to, you know, potentially make a big leap or, you know, to really launch that program or, you know, begin a new relationship or whatever the case is, is that we're able to recognize that the fear is there. We're able to discern whether it's ego-based fear or, you know, fear that's legitimate. And then, you know, we're able to take the leap, take the chance, and take the action step while walking with our fear and not being frozen by it. So I think where I see people really getting stuck is that they're having a freeze, fight, or flight response to whatever fear they're experiencing, which means that this is a type of fear that we really need to dig into more so we can help you get out of the fight, flight, or freeze response in that moment if it makes sense to do that. For some people, they might actually experience that response in almost any decision that they make. And that's usually really an opportunity to look at, you know, the past events that have 
really created that level of fear for them that now has, you know, seeped into these different areas of their life. And usually there's some trauma root to that, right? So our nervous system gets wired over time to respond in certain ways, right? And if we've experienced a lot of trauma in our life at different levels, then our nervous system sometimes just gets wired to be in a constant state of being in fear response, which for a lot of people manifests as anxiety, right? And, you know, we can talk about there's a range of different traumatic experiences people can have, but there's a lot of people who experience anxiety on different levels. And so that means it's about reprogramming the nervous system. And that is really about finding safety in the body. And the body is where we always need to start, where we always need to return to, and what we always need to integrate into our work when it comes to fear or really anything else. So as we are really working with our fear, we're also working with our body. We're also understanding what our body needs in order to feel safe, in order for our body to trust us, to trust the situation, if it is safe to trust the situation. There's always a level of discernment we need to apply. It's not about jumping into every situation head on because someone tells us to. It's about tuning into what is truly right for us and then learning how to work with our body to make it feel safer. So on a very practical level, one of the things that really helps with fear is being able to teach the body how to relax, especially if you are in some type of fear response quite a bit, if you're feeling a lot of anxiety in your life on any level, it's always good to teach the body how to relax. And for most of us living in this society, our bodies are not relaxed very often. We are always in go, 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 push, push, push. And so pretty much every person I know needs to focus on some level of learning how to relax the body, focusing on self-care and self-love and just allowing yourself to rest, right? Rest is revolutionary um, at this point in time. So, you know, it can be you taking a yoga class. It can be you going into deep meditation and really relaxing your body on all levels. It can be you taking a bath and just allowing yourself to listen to some relaxing music in the tub, right? There's so many ways that you can practice safety in the body and do this as something that becomes a habit, right? It has to be done regularly in order for any type of pattern to shift. So it's just, you know, any one of those are just a beautiful practice for you to really weave into your life so that you are always coming back to feeling safety in the body. You're always coming back to rest and relaxation and just feeling completely embodied in your physical space on the physical plane. And that is what then helps you to trust on the spiritual plane. Every woman that I've ever worked with has to really learn to trust on the physical plane and her body and find safety in the body because women in particular 
have had a lot of experiences that have distanced them from the body. So we're talking about trauma, right? Violence against women. We're talking about sexual assault. We're also talking about just body image and our relationship with food and exercise. And every single woman I've ever met has had some kind of complicated relationship with food and exercise. And there's definitely a range of experiences with that, right? Going from you know, eating disorders to just really struggling with self-esteem because of how you look or how your body looks, right? So, you know, it, it almost seems like I'm talking a little bit off tangent and on another subject. However, I'm not because all of this is interconnected. And so our bodies are interconnected with everything that we experience and safety in our body is definitely related to the trust that we have in ourselves. So trust starts in the body. So overcoming fear really comes down to radically accepting all parts of yourself and focusing in on radically accepting the fear, radically understanding the fear. And Practicing self-compassion and safety in the body, practicing trust that's in alignment with your intuition, these are all things that are going to help you take the action steps that you need that are in alignment with your truth, with your intuition, that will help you overcome fear, right? So it's not about pushing past it. It's learning how to walk with it and acknowledge it and know that it's there, but also be in the driver's seat so that fear isn't the one who's making the decisions for you. There's also a fine balance here between doing the internal work and taking the external action. So what I want to caution you against is that we can spend a whole lot of time doing all this internal stuff but it's not making a difference in our external reality because we're still not pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone in small ways and in big ways. So what I would say is that, you know, as you are sitting with your fear, working with your fear, really working on finding safety in the body, that you are also not just doing the internal work, but taking some external action steps that are helping to balance the being and the doing. I've seen myself as well as other clients get really comfortable in the being, getting really comfortable in the unveiling the layers and peeling back, you know, some of those messages that we've received, some of the things that we've experienced, but then procrastinating on taking the action or resisting and taking the action. Because at the end of the day, you cannot get rid of fear. I think sometimes people have the expectation that they're just going to feel completely right about something and that they're going to be ready to take this huge step and that it's going to feel so great that there's going to be no hesitation. And realistically speaking, that is not going to happen. If you are pushing outside of your comfort zone, you will feel some layer of fear. There's going to be fear there because that's a human response to doing something new, to doing something that's you know, not familiar to your ego self, something that you've never done before. 
So the fear of failure, the fear of judgment, all of those fears are still going to be there. But the difference is, is that you are going to shift your relationship to those things and release the attachment to the story that you have about that. So you're going to be able to step outside of the I perspective. So being dunked in your fear all the time and acting from that space versus being able to observe the fear and recognizing that fear is not the one in charge, but that your wild soul, that your intuition, that your true self is the one that's in charge. When we are so embodied in the fear, when we're living in the fear space and all we can see is the fear, that's when it's hard to take action steps. What embracing your fear does is it helps to take you out of that feeling dunked in the fear and to just observing the fear, right? So that's the important shift that happens. The fear never goes away. It's not like you don't feel it. It's not like your body doesn't you know, respond to it on some level, but with time, the response does lessen and it does create more space for you to take the action steps more easily. In order for it to become easier though, it does require your external action to make it happen. Just like with any habit, right? We can think about exercising. We can think about, you know, applying for jobs. We can think about all of these things. But if we don't take some form of action step, then we're still in our comfort zone. So the way that I like to tell people to do this work is to do a combination of, you know, work that centers on the body that helps you feel safe in the body, work that helps you to dive deeper internally with where your fear is coming from, with, you know, chatting with your fear, discussing with your fear, and then work that is helping you get into small action steps that feel manageable to you, right? So this doesn't mean the action step doesn't need to be, you know, I'm taking the big leap and quitting my job. No, the action step can be, you know, these are other areas where I experience fear and how can I step outside of my comfort zone in those areas and take smaller action steps that feel like an edge to me, but that don't freeze me up, right? So what we're looking for in your body is a space where you feel uncomfortable, but not so much that you freeze or run away or fight the fear, right? We're trying to find a place where you feel the fear in your body, but it's maybe like between a one and a five versus a six to a 10 level of fear, right? So this is where we get into the nuance of it. And the more that you can, you know, take action steps on some of your lower levels of fear, the more than that's going to help you combine the embodiment part, the body part with the internal part with the action part. And then you're going to really start to gain momentum and you're going to start to take bigger and bigger action steps that are in alignment with your intuition and in alignment with you and your true self. And then you're going to get to the point where it's like, okay, I know in my body that it's time for me to quit my job, that it's time for me to, you know, end this relationship, that it's time for me to move to this new place because my body says yes. And my fear is still here in the background saying, no, no, no. Are you sure? Are you sure? 
but you are at a place where you trust your body's knowing and you are willing to take the big action step that you've been wanting to take, right? So it's starting small. It's recognizing where you are. It's recognizing the nuances within your fear and your experiences and really just working with yourself, letting the process unfold instead of you forcing and pushing the process. Honestly, that's how long-term change happens. It's not something that swiftly changes through one action step. It's something that happens over time. Certainly taking bold action steps will create a lot more trust more quickly. However, again, we all come at this from a very different space in our journey and What's most important is that we honor who we are and what we need individually to arrive at the place where we truly want to be and be patient with that process. And there are tons of people who maybe, let's say, are super comfortable in taking big leaps and confronting their fear in one area of their life, but are really uncomfortable in doing that in another area of their life. So, Maybe when it comes to business decisions, they're, you know, investing really big in their business. They're really trusting that they're going to make it work. While in relationships, maybe they have a lot of fear about, you know, finding a new relationship, getting into a new relationship, or maybe just fear about ending a relationship. So again, you know, I think we all have areas in our life where some things feel more comfortable and other things don't feel as comfortable in some other area. So it's really just about acknowledging, hey, I'm an individual person who has an individual story, you know, who has journeyed through this life in a certain way and how I need to approach my fear in this particular situation is going to look different than someone else. And that the place that I am right now in my relationship with fear is going to be different than someone else because we come to the table with different blueprints and that is a-okay. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just about me starting where I am and allowing myself to unfold into the process. So practice presence instead of avoidance. Practice acceptance instead of rejection. Practice embodiment instead of disconnection and allow yourself to create space for the fear instead of trying to fight with the fear. And that will truly shift the dynamics and the relationship that you have with it and will create more room for you to walk in alignment with your truth and with your intuition. And that is what I had for you today on the topic of fear and fearlessness. And thank you so much for joining me and for tuning in and for supporting the podcast. If you are loving, enjoying what you're hearing and you're receiving some valuable insight, please do leave us a written review to let us know and to help others find us more easily. Have a beautiful week ahead and I will see you next time.